In a time beset by isolation, it can be hard for us to come together, which is why this story caught my eye. The story of Jeffrey Tesselby, a rich dandy who robbed a bank in the hopes of catching the attention of his love. It's almost Shakespearean in its scope, the police holding him back, the CEO not wanting his attention, his worthy wingman working on the inside. Yet all of it came crashing down just as quickly as it came together. I'm Owen Ryan, and this is Knock Knock, Who's There? It's Crime. I'd like to start out this story by speaking to um, someone who is is the manager of the bank where this uh, robbery happened, this robbery in the name of love happened. Uh, I'm joined now by Mike, Mike Thessel. Uh, Mike, are you there? How are you? Very good. Thank you for joining me. Um, so if you could just tell us, so the robbery started around four o'clock. So what, what is a day usually like? You know, it's, um, pretty busy. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's people getting out of work, a lot of tired folks, uh, just, you know, trying to wrap up their day. Um, and, you know, that made it all the more troublesome, I guess. Um, a lot of kids were there coming out of school, babies out of daycare. It's really tough. Okay, thank you. So a lot of children were congregating at this bank. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering, you've had a long career as a bank manager, I understand, uh, more than two decades, and you've spent the past 10 years at, uh, at One World Bank here in um, Akron, Tennessee. Um, have you ever experienced a crime like this before? You know, not, nothing quite like this. We've had, um, we have had uh, live, live species in uh, deposit boxes. We've had feces in deposit boxes. Um, you know, we've had many holdups, and um, usually they are dealt with swiftly. Um, we have a great police department, but this one was um, unique. There was a lot of confusion about if there was a weapon, and um, it dragged out much, much longer than, you know, anything had before. So I guess, yeah, it was pretty unique. Okay, thank you so much. I just have one more question for you. I was wondering if you could tell me about... Uh, Kevin Klockner, uh, Jeffrey's inside man for the job. Anything you remember about him? Anything noteworthy? He was the perfect guy for this crime. You know, he knows all the codes. He has them all written out on a little sheet. And when he took it away, no one knew how to get into the vault. And that's where the hostages were kept. So he was the, the key in a way. And as we later found out, he was in cahoots with... Uh, What'd you call him? A uh, dandy? Uh, yes, Jeffrey Tesselby. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's Kevin. Good guy, but got caught up in a lot of bad stuff. Obviously, using my patented outside-in approach, I wanted to move closer to the source of the story, which is why I spoke to Kevin next. Hi, Kevin. Are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here. 
Hi, Kevin. Uh, I understand you're calling from the Akron jail. Yeah, it's great here. Thanks for calling. I don't get tons of calls here. Uh, uh, sure, no problem. Uh, Kevin, if you could just tell me about your relationship with Jeffrey Tesselby. He was uh, he was sort of an eccentric of the town, but he was uh, he was super nice to me all the time, and he was just sort of uh, walking into the bank that day. And so I felt like by the time uh, the afternoon rolled around, we uh, we were uh, we were close friends. He he spent a lot of time talking to me. I thought he was a really nice guy. But he came in. He was asking some bank questions. He was asking. Uh, he was talking to my friend Joey a bunch. Uh, Joey's uh, at the at the front of the counter of the bank. He's a he's a popular teller, but. Uh, he came in, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I know Jeffrey super well, but he had a he had a very attractive quality about him. He sort of looked like a man about town. He knew what he was doing. Um, so I, I I was convinced. He he asked me to do him a favor, so I I just complied. Okay, so uh, if I'm understanding correctly, Jeffrey came in in the morning, right? Yeah. So the robbery started at four p.m. So Jeffrey spent the entire day. <laughs> In the lobby of the bank. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey sort of strolled around. He does this. Uh, he has this uh, monocle that he sort of swings around. I thought was a very charming uh, aspect of him. He just uh, he looked like he he was a banker, honestly. Well, okay. Is this something Jeffrey has been known to do? I I would think that the security in the bank or the bank employees would think, you know, someone who's spending, from what it sounds like, upwards of six hours in the bank lobby um, might be considered suspicious. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of us at the bank are, are particularly bright people, so I, I, it didn't really rub us in the wrong way at all. Okay. Um, so, so Jeffrey comes in, he talks to you in the morning, right? You don't speak again for several hours. He comes up to you and asks you, the way you described it is he asked you for a favor. Um, correct. Yeah, correct. From what I understand from witness reports, uh, you held a gun to your coworker's head, right? Oh. So that I... that somewhat goes beyond the realm of just you know a f uh, a friendly favor, in my book. Ah, uh, well, it, that's a tough question. Basically, Jeff uh, just sort of reached out to me and, you know, I'm pretty down for anything. Uh, whenever someone talks to me, I just sort of talk back. So I just kept talking and talking. And then next thing I know, I'm just uh, helping him out. <laughs> okay. Well, Kevin, how did you decide, you and Jeffrey, who to hold hostage in the vault? Jeff said, Kevin, uh, we need someone who's, who's really liked. And I obviously then offered myself up because I am sort of the like guy's guy of the bank. Uh, but then he said, ah, Kevin, I don't know about that. So then I thought, mm, who's going to be super popular? Who's going to be really missed? And I just said, Jeff, it's got to be Joey. Joey's got to be your guy to take hostage. That's going to get people's attention. And this is Joey Beefler you're referring to? Yeah, that's Joey Beefler. That, we, call him, we call him the beef guy. Okay, I'll probably just call him Mr. Beefler. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, thank you, Owen. Call back soon. Uh, next, I spoke to Joey Beefler about his experience on that fateful Friday afternoon. Joey, are you there? Yeah, I'm there, Owen. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Joey. Thank you for asking. Oh, thank you. Um, so I was just wondering if you could describe uh, what happened, you know, that fateful day 
Um, yeah, fateful. Yeah, um, just your word choice. I don't know if I'd call it a fateful day. It was definitely troubling, but I, I'm trying to stay positive about the whole thing. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I understand that you were chosen to be a hostage. So gun is held <laughs> to your head. Does the bank at that point clear out? Yes. <laughs> at this point, are you led into the vault? Yes, I am. How is this done? Um, so they, they had this way um, of doing it where they'd, they'd sort of be telling me these jokes. Like um, Kevin would say like, you better go or we're gonna, we're gonna kill you. Um, Kevin's always doing stuff like that. Um, and, and they told me to enter the numbers <laughs> or else like I wouldn't want to see what they would do. <laughs> um, and so I, I, ha I know the numbers because that's part of my dumb little job. <laughs> and so um, I entered them um, and I let them in uh, to the ball. Okay, uh, Joey, uh, again, I, I hate to, I, I'm purely looking for the facts here, but if I can just speculate here, the things that uh, Kevin and Jeffrey were saying do not seem to be in jest. <laughs> they were hilarious. It's the sort of thing you had to be there, I think. <laughs> okay, um, Joey, I, I understand you're currently, um, and this is, of course, does not come from from a place of judgment, but I understand that you are currently uh, in an inpatient program at the psychiatric wing of the Akron uh, <laughs> oh, hospital. That's um, a, lot of, a lot of things. I'm on vacation, yes. Um, okay, um, sure. Uh, do you feel at all that this incident um, is what prompted you to that, seek help or for others to seek help for you um, um, if you're if you're talking uh in terms of the timeline i could definitely see how you're seeing that um because i, I did enter uh right sorry <laughs> gotta catch myself sometimes i did go uh on vacation starting the day after uh this incident yes yeah i did yes i i understand that they actually forgot to get you out of the vault so you were there overnight um <laughs> I yes, that must yes. have been hairy. I had a long nap. You're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Got some were, good sleep in. <laughs> I've seen pictures of the vault. There were there were scratch marks on the wall. Mm. Um, yes, that I, I'm an artist. What can I say? Um, I'm always making art <laughs> wherever I am. Um, okay, well, Joey, I thank you again for talking about what I know it must be a very painful experience for you. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's actually my pleasure. I'll talk about it as long as you want. <laughs> okay. Um, I, for the listener, I, I will say that we're currently on a video chat and, uh, Joey is shaking uncontrollably at this point in our interview. Um, Joey, just one last thing. Um, do you harbor any resentment towards, uh, Jeffrey or towards, uh, Kevin? Oh, those two jokesters, absolutely not. Um, I can't wait to come back home um, with a little bit of a tan and see them and see what they're gonna say about that. Um, I'm very, 
very excited um, to see my old friends again, and hopefully we can make some more memories. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Joey, and I wish you a speedy recovery. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Next, I spoke to Jeffrey Thesselby to truly get an idea of the, the motive behind a crime like this. Jeffrey, hello. Hello. Hi, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for finding the time to speak to me. Can I ask where you're calling from? Um, I'm uh, in prison. Um, what is your relationship with One World Bank? I understand you're a very wealthy individual. It, it does. It seems odd that you would try to rob yeah. a bank. So I have been a customer for years and years. Um, and I am I'm cordial with some of the people who work there. There's a fellow named Kevin. Um, and I also uh, have been receiving their catalogs for decades. And uh, recently I've been uh, pouring over, I guess you could say, these catalogs, looking at the pictures of a certain um, young woman. Uh, am I correct in saying that this young woman you're referring to is CEO Sheila Shelley? Oh, yes, Sheila, Sheila, yeah, Sheila Shelley. That's right. Have you ever met Sheila? Uh, have you ever spoken with her? Um, I read her letters often and I uh, give her a ring once in a while and I sometimes uh, ask her if she would like to go on to see me on a date. Um, does she ever uh, does she ever respond to these letters or answer these phone calls or call you back? Yeah, she does. Um, you know, it they take varying forms. Sometimes it's directly from her. Sometimes it's through a uh, the feds. The feds they ask me to stop, but I am persistent, and I always. It's something about my blood. I, I always fight for what I want. Um, are you the type of person who likes to show their love in grand gestures? Yes, yes. I've always been doing that for years and years. Just take me through your thought process that led you from I need to get Sheila's attention or I need to show my love for Sheila to I need to rob one of Sheila's banks. You know, I was beginning to sense that um, the channels of communication were being closed off. So I, it seemed that the only road left was the bank itself. And there are only certain things you can do in a bank, take out money, put in money. So I thought I'd do something flashy. So I went in there, guns a-blazing. Uh, well, not actually. I'd like to remind you that it is a point of contention whether or not you went in firing a weapon and... Were you to admit it, it would add five years to your sentence. Oh, God, it's just my fingers in my pocket. And I, I yelled to everyone, I have a gun. And uh, then I saw my friend Kevin, who, you know, struggles. And I said to him, lock someone in the vault. And then he did. And then I told everyone, they're not coming out until I see Sheila Sherry. And that's when the police came. Um. So w when you entered the bank, the the patrons of the bank cleared out. 
as well as many of the employees, uh, excluding um, Joey Beefler, the bank teller. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard from Joey that Kevin held a gun to his head um, and that this gun was provided by you. And mm-hmm. he held it to Joey's head um, under your express instruction. If you could just speak to that. I remember correctly, it was not a gun, but a stapler that was unfolded. Uh, Why do you think Joey thought it was a gun? Well, Joey's weird. Did you talk to him? I I did speak to Joey. um, And I also think that this episode would not have been as traumatic were he just being threatened with a stapler. I, I, I do think that there was a gun involved but we we can move past that so joey's in the vault at that point you call the chief of police and and what do you say to them i want a hand job i of course next spoke to chief samantha baralta of the akron city police uh chief baralta are you there hi hi samantha um could you just tell us about the phone call you received from Jeffrey um, the day that he held up One World Bank? It was incredibly disturbing, is all I'll kind of say. Um, it, it, there was a kind of like a slapping noise, like he was uh, jerking off. Um, sorry to use uh, such coarse language on your little show here, but yeah, he's a very strange man. Um, we kind of know him in the town because he's always you know, doing weird stuff, walking around. He um, uh, dresses sort of like uh, the Monopoly man, very like a cartoonish version of wealth, really. Um, and I think he's always looking for ways to show that. When I was researching this story and, and first heard from Jeffrey, I was surprised to learn that he's actually 27 years old. Did this in some way color how you approached this hostage situation? Yeah, we thought he was much, much older. This is actually news to <laughs> to me we thought he was about nine anywhere between 90 and a thousand the way that man talks is so bizarre really truly so bizarre and again like the monopoly man in terms of acting like a rich cartoon character you received some criticism in the aftermath uh of the crime for your response um from what it sounds like jeffrey was sort of uh, the town eccentric and you kind of knew what you were dealing with um yet you sent in several tanks to deal with the hostage situation. Um, Can you just explain your reasoning? Yeah, well, um, eccentric might be a little bit of an understatement. Um, And if I'm being frank here, I've seen pictures of this man's penis. I was just thinking to myself, like a man with all that confidence with a penis so small, has to be literally insane. Um, so we were just afraid uh, that the situation could become volatile very quickly. Samantha, would you mind if I asked how exactly you saw pictures of Jeffrey's penis? He would take pictures of them on like an old, uh, old-timey uh, camera, like the kind uh, where you have to pull up the cloth over your head and and, and and push the little thing that looks like a douche bag. But um, 
yeah, he would he would take pictures on that and, and pay his poor little intern to digitize them and fax them to all of the major offices. And yeah, the police office got them too. So yes, I've been faxed um, pictures of this man's dick. And can I just ask, why did you not, um, after receiving these pictures, <clears throat> one, two, three, multiple times, why did you not pursue him? with the full force of the law, because I mean, this is clearly criminal what he's doing. Yeah, he didn't seem like a threat at first. And then we realized that he was insane. So you don't mess with crazy. Um, after receiving this call and then cross-referencing it with your file of his penis photos, did you then call uh, Sheila Shelley, the CEO of One World Bank? Yes, uh, we have a little bit of rapport. So I texted her, oh no, penis guy's up to it again. Uh, and yeah, she responded pretty quickly um, just to alert her that um, we may need to get her involved just in case, you know. Did you call Sheila out of a sense of camaraderie because of your rapport or did you call her because you thought this man is dangerous and Sheila needs to get down here right now and give him a hand job? I mean, if somebody's crazy, even tanks can't stop them. So we had to give the man what he wanted. And yes, it's a little dangerous because I'll remind you all, some people seem to be forgetting, but we're in a fucking pandemic. So yeah, it was dangerous. And, and we had to do what we could to stop to stop and, and de-escalate the situation, okay? From where I'm sitting, bringing tanks would seemingly escalate the situation. No, but, um, no. Are, well, you, I, are you a place? Listen. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly not a police, um, but anyway, thank you, Chief, for your time. Absolutely. God bless you. It seemed like the final person I had to talk to about this case was Sheila Shelley, CEO of One World Bank. Um, Sheila, are you there? Hi, yeah, I'm here. Thank you all for having me. Hi, Sheila. When you received the call from Samantha saying that you should come down to a branch of one of your bank um, in Akron, downtown Akron, to perform a sexual act, what was your initial reaction? Um, well, if I'm going to be honest, I was I was surprised. But, you know, Samantha, she and I are friends. We go way back. Uh, she and I sort of do things for each other in a way old friends do. So uh, I, my immediate reaction was uh, one of shock. Uh, but then, you know, after after one one second, I thought, OK, if this is what Sheila needs me to do, then I'll do it. Um, I'm so sorry if I could just interrupt. When you say that you would do things for each other, was it routine for you to give hand jobs to people on Samantha's behalf? Samantha is a is a funny, funny woman. Um, I think of her as a younger sister. She likes to learn things from me. So um, I sort of uh, was the what was the person to uh, originally teach her how to give a hand job. So in our teen years, uh, she often called me up. Uh, in the middle of uh, sexual encounters of hers uh, when she didn't know what to do hand job wise. So I would come down in the middle of her um, intimate uh, situations and I would sort of uh, guide her hand uh, along her partner's shaft. Um, so no, this was not the first time uh, that I uh, gave a hand job for Samantha. Not to Samantha, but for Samantha. Okay, thank you. Was it somewhat different because of your 
knowledge of Jeffrey and your history with Jeffrey, did, did that somewhat, did that give you pause at all? I do have to say this one rubbed me the wrong way. Um, this one was sort of not, um, there was a different tone in Samantha's text than in than a normal, I think because of the pandemic and because of all the germs floating around, as well as the, um, the known size of his uh, penis that she was unsure and she was nervous for me. She knew that it was a big ask. Um, I knew of Jeffrey. I knew uh, how much he wanted me. Um, I had heard a lot about him. I see him walking about town. Um, he sort of uh, likes to strut up and down the uh, promenade, sort of uh, waving his monocle, like swinging his monocle in a circle. So I was quite aware of him. Uh, he often um, stopped into the bank, assuming that I would be in the front uh, just sort of welcoming people in, sort of asking everyone, asking our doorman if Sheila was in, asking our teller, uh, Joey, I don't know if you've talked to Joey, but he always th thought that Joey and I were very close. I've, I've really never spoken one-on-one -on -one with Joey before. Um, I wouldn't say uh, it was the worst hand job I've given uh, in my life, but it was definitely the shortest. So you arrived at the scene, standing outside, um, Samantha has a bullhorn, is yelling, you know, uh, Sheila's here, her hands <laughs> are ready and are softened in preparation. I, yeah, I did. Um, do you then go into the bank to perform this or does Jeffrey come out to you or is there a sort of in-between thing? He stands inside the bank, you stand outside. Was well, that situation untenable because of the size? Yeah, no, the the um, logistics of the hand job were ones that were were hard to figure out. It was a different scenario. And remember, this is a we're in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, and he I have to say, though, he is not my favorite person in the world. He is respectful of social distance boundaries. So we did try to stand as far away as possible. My, luckily, I am a very tall woman and I have very long arms. So I uh, though it was not six feet, it was as far away as I could be. So what had to happen was I didn't want to go inside the bank because of all the germs around. And I, I am actually immunocompromised, but I knew that I had to do this in order to save my bank. So uh, Samantha invited Jeffrey outside and I was outside the whole time. I was wearing my mask. He was wearing his mask. I stood um, as far away as I could from him, uh, but I had to reach my hand all the way towards his crotch. Um, and he was fully erect, but it wasn't, it, it didn't add any, any distance. So I just reached, performed the act. The thing I was most surprised about was that he had just, just an enormous amount of uh, semen that he just, just let out. When I, when he finished within 30 seconds, he just exploded with semen so that was just it was everywhere i will say uh that everyone i've spoken with about jeffrey has noted that uh he is known to discharge quite a bit of semen um just one last thing so after it was over um what was your interaction with jeffrey like i understand he quietly you know turned himself in did he thank you did he i was i asked him I was curious because I, I wanted to know if he wanted anything more. I, I don't think of um, hand jobs as, uh, as the final sort of grand act, the thing that you would keep someone hostage in order to get. So I was just sort of... I'm sorry. Uh, it just it <laughs> seems to me that Jeffrey is sort of uh, 
known in town as a very dirty old or dirty young man rather why would you then be offering more it wasn't so much that i was offering more i was more asking why doesn't he want more okay sheila thank you so very much for thank you thank you so much thank you having learned everything about the crime i just wanted to speak one more time to jeffrey so jeffrey we've spoken to people who are at the scene we've spoken to the chief of police we've spoken to sheila we've spoken to kevin we've spoken to joey um and it just seems like for all the i mean for lack of a better term build up the the sort of the climax of it all just being a hand job was sort of i don't know i I, I spoke to Sheila and she was somewhat perplexed by your uh, desire to only receive a hand job, and then you immediately turned yourself in. Um, if you could just explain your thought process. Young, young man. <clears throat> uh, I was taught that a, a man should never touch himself, being frank with you. And um, I was taught by my church, by my mother, that only a woman can touch your penis. I'm later in life, you know. I I I have been building up, building, 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 building for for decades, and I've been alone. And I look at these magazines every day. I see Miss Shelley, Sheila Shelley, and I. I pray. I I I spend every day thinking about her. Uh, well, as we've noted before, you're 27 years old. Um, although I understand, and they maybe in all of the Bible, it, it felt like 40 years. It was a long time. To tell you the truth, I don't know how old I am. I came onto Ellis Island, and they said they got one of the numbers wrong. I, I was born in 18, 1888, I think, but I think they put 1988 on my. Um, uh, they changed the. So, so you are 132 years old. <laughs> that feels more apt to me. Um, you know, everyone's been telling me I'm wrong, but listen, I've been I've been here this whole time. There's been a lust building up in you. Yes. For a hundred years. A hundred years. Yes. And that's not a that's not an exaggeration. It's literally been a century. I'm just, you know, and you know, not to be untoward. But you are a man of considerable means. Um, yes. You, you have quite an endowment uh, left to you yeah. um, in, in a monetary form. Mm-hmm. Um, why not, you know, perhaps solicit the services? Why, why not? Why wouldn't this money attract people? And if this desire has been building up in you for 100 years, why would you settle for a, from what it sounds like, somewhat a uh, hasty uh, hand job. Um, well, I understand that she kept her rings on. Listen, I, I'm, I, I might have been horny, but I am a man of honor. I, 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 Sheila Shelley is the model woman. She, listen, she owns a bank. I was born in 1888. I did not know one woman who even lifted a pencil until I was at least 90. And if those hands can run a bank and also make me splooch, oh, 
that can just um anyway so that's your answer i guess she's she's and i love the rings i love the rings okay well jeffrey um thank you so much for talking with me i understand that this has been a time i just i have one last question um do you have any regrets no A tale of love and loss, of taking someone in and shooting something out. Clearly, this is a story that doesn't come around every day, especially not in a time when we're spending so much time apart. But if you're looking for stories like this, then there's no other place to come but knock, knock, who's there? It's crime. I've been Owen Ryan. Thank you so much for listening.